After party where we are the worst babysitters and partiers of all time. <laughs> it's amazing that we can be so good at shutting down fun and also so irresponsible. <laughs> I didn't shut down any fun. I went and partied. Now I have that data. You are now susceptible to peer pressure. That's true. Mm-hmm. That really reminds me, Brandon, of me in middle school where I was like, I suppose I should like garner and accept social invitations just to get the data about how people do this. Yep. And that was my social life in middle school. Mm-hmm. Cool. I was rewarded for a very fatherly moment, so I feel pretty good about my life choices. That is true. That is true. We met what we thought was a foe, but it's now a friend. Jamie. Eh, friendish. Murder machine. <laughs> I, I feel a kinship with the guy. I don't know. I'm also illuminated by a glowing purpose. Which is just to, like, go out and try cool things. And, and try to murder everyone. Flirt with older women. I mean, I, re- I respect that, like, at all times he has a light source with him. So that's just, <laughs> you, like, for me, that's a sign of goodwill. Speaking of flaming swords, so do we think that Jamie's flaming sword, Brandon and Michael, is the same as the one mentioned in the light at the end of the episode? I mean, I think so, right? That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I've been itching to ask this question for a while. I'm glad that we found two items I know. I'm really excited. The line about not all champions, I think, deserving to be seen was the phrasing. Oh, man, I'm just so excited about that. I mean, that could mean they don't deserve the item they have, so we just need the item. Or maybe we have to give them the item because they didn't deserve it at the time, but they do need it. There's so many possibilities here. And we now know what to look for, which means we need a mouthpiece, whatever that means. Yep. A key, whatever that means, and a boots, whatever that means. I almost said boat. <laughs> There's a boat that got run aground because some someone's point, a very bad driver. We may need a boat. So, do yeah. you think these are all literal items? Do you think like the mouthpiece is actually something, or do you think it's like the mouthpiece as a being? I mean, I could see a tattoo. I could see like a statue. I was re-listening to the episode where Johnny's in the library and everyone's on their own little adventures in Fidopolis. Yeah, episode nine, the one with the montages. Yeah. Making librarians mad like you do. <laughs> it reminded me that we should be also like on the lookout for either people or things. And I interpreted that always as like it could just be a symbol. I don't know what a champion could mean now. Like if it's a literal person or just an item or if we unite a city under a concept. Like, I I don't know what it is the overarching way to unite the concentric states is, but if that's our goal, we need to be looking for something, and now we have the something. Yeah, what I think Tracy interpreted as the initial mission was, hey, you're going to go and do some PRing in these places, solve some problems that these places have, but, like, Mm -hmm. in the end, you're going to just, like, talk to people and solve them and make them a more united continent. But I think now there's a new layer And it's possible that even Speaker Martinson doesn't really understand what the point of this is. Like, it's a prophetic thing, right? Like a legend or a thing that they know that they have to do, but maybe aren't sure exactly why. Like, that happens with traditions sometimes, where it loses meaning over time or it loses clarity over time. And so it's possible that we just have to kind of figure it out and there's no right answer. They've been doing these challenges to then escort champions for a while now, and it's been other people. It just seems like it's always been a more PR thing and maybe it was more tradition than reality. But now that things are kind of like 
there's some weird stuff happening. There's shadows literally everywhere and giant whales causing mayhem in cities. Like maybe it is time for the champions to come back and unite again. And yeah. they inadvertently are doing a good thing by sending us out to do it. I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. I'm stoked that we got to use two of our champion items. All three. I... All three. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yours just has become such a part of you, Tracy, that I didn't even <laughs> think about it. But I was really stoked to use my shadow cowl, which I picture as like a really cool knit scarf over my cloak. And I just want to become one with the shadows at all times. Ooh, Johnny does not like that. I'll be honest. I'm pretty actually happy that Johnny was not around when that happened and he was inside getting the second bucket of wine. Yeah. Because, no, as a character, he would not have stood for that happening. I also really loved the kind of integration of shadow into the use of the lantern. Like that seemed like such an appropriate consequence for us being able to use the lantern in such a useful way on the bridge to stun the yeah. people who are about to do something dumb, which like there are so many dumb hometown stories. And I, I love that that worked its way into our fantasy universe. But it made sense that like there's some kind of layer of mayhem or consequence or energy pushback. Yeah, I'm glad that there's like a more clear answer to it, I guess. The Lantern has been a little picky about when it wants to have some bad stuff happening, I guess, based on how I react to it, like with my roles. I'm also glad it's not always damaging me and it's sometimes just pushing dumb you know, teens off bridges. <laughs> yeah, so much better. Teens are just getting hey, hit. Hey, I had low HP, so I'm all about it. But that also meant that, you know, Tracy got to use his always favorite long arm of the law. Yeah. I'm really happy that you're not scared of the lantern. I was a little worried that when I put whatever is going on with the lantern, that it's like you have a cursed item. I, I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah. That there's something going on with this thing that you weren't afraid of it, especially after it downed your ship. Well, it seems like it's not something I can just go to a priest and just clear it there. It's something that I have to tackle within myself. And now that I have that answer, I'm going to use it more. I want more opportunities to kind of confront those shadows and see if that is what helps me then lead towards ending the negative side of it. Plus, I'm going to keep asking questions. I've been chomping at the bit to ask more questions, so I'm glad I got to do two more today. Yeah. Fish, did you intend this to be like a really insular journey? Because I don't – if you look at what the characters know, I don't think you've shared any of this lantern knowledge or I don't even know if we know why we went down in the ship. No, I don't think I have shared it yet. I'm realizing that I probably should have said something. But also like <laughs> I don't I don't no, not, I think it's a, is it a character choice like to make it an inner battle kind of thing? We can say yes and pretend as if it's that and not that I've forgotten <laughs> to maybe say something. I think it's a better character choice to not say anything then actually. I think yeah. it's an interesting dynamic then to have you guys all <laughs> Keep secrets from each other. Yeah, we do. I mean, and that's fine. We all have our own personal journeys and motivations that the three of us are all doing. For me, anything about the light, I'm very protective of the light. And if me using the light or accessing the light causes shadows, I'm definitely not going to tell you guys you're going to believe less in the light. Mm -hmm. Even mm -hmm. though you guys do believe in the light, more or less. No, I think that's interesting. I mean, all of you have secrets. We have the shadow problem with the lantern. Tracy's whole backstory I don't think anyone really knows about other than me. And, I mean, Anara didn't share a lot of her assassin biz with you guys. Mm -hmm. Actually, any of her assassin biz with you guys. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens. Everyone has a secret, and that's interesting to see how it resolves. That's my song about secrets. It's a really good song. Thanks. Catch it on iTunes. <laughs> secrets, parentheses, everyone has a secret. <laughs> nice. Remix. Feet.
during the party club. <laughs> hey, Eric, if yeah. I hadn't rolled good, what would have happened? Would I be a half-dead champion? I don't know. It's really interesting. I can do as much prep as I want to. And sometimes things shake out and sometimes they don't. But I think that like that's for my own satisfaction. And you guys will never know the tree in which you don't go down in this very, very large choose your own adventure. I really like that. Tracy's just kind of like learned to use this. He failed, I think, twice now. This was the cool maneuver he's been trying and waiting to do this whole time. Yeah, using it as a grappling hook because this is your first time actually doing it. I'm very proud. It occurred to me when Tallahassee bit into Tracy that Tracy doesn't have like skin or bones. So he probably has like pockmarked from that bite. We've heard references to like previous injuries or like etchings that people have done onto Tracy. And when I asked you if you wanted me to try to repair that, you said no. Now that you're back and you're living like your second life, basically, you want to keep all these injuries as a reminder. Maybe there isn't an answer, but I'm just like mechanically like you get your health back, but that injury is still there. Like at some point, wouldn't you degrade fully? Maybe there's no answer to this. I, I, don't, know. I don't know about the degradation part. I think it's an interesting thought experiment to get on. But I, on the other point, yeah, I think he wanted to keep the etchings on as a reminder of where he came from and what he what his backstory is essentially. But I think also there's a second part of he's a war force. Like he was built for war. Meaning that, like, the thing he responds best to is, like, violence. So I think he kind of made, actually, a better relationship with Tally, which is his nickname, by the way, uh, nice. through this, like, Noted. almost, like, bro-y, like, you're going to give me an injury, and now we're kind of, like, blood brothers kind of thing at this point. So I think it actually brought them closer, and he doesn't want to, like, make that go away. Cool. Hey, I have a question. So what did you guys think when I told you that everyone was going to hang out in a half-built bridge? I roll my eyes, I think, harder than I have this entire game. <laughs> like, I am just at this inn. I have just done some dope shadow shit. I just want to go to sleep. I also thought for a second that the bridge was on the other side of the river, where I was like, oh my god, we're going to have to not just forge this river again, but go to the land of the giant and you know, have to rescue these drunkards and get them on a boat somehow. It was like a bad logic puzzle where there's like three of us and then oh. eight drunkards and two boats and Alonzo will eat someone if he's in the same boat yeah, as them. Yeah, there's a goat, so, there's a wolf, yep, oh, sorry, a chicken. A rabbit and a fox <laughs> and like whatever. <laughs> I was immediately like, oh my God, I'm too tired for this. I gotta say, if Alonzo is the example of a champion, I do not hold high hopes for the rest of the champions. On the other hand, morale is part of this journey also. And just showing up and like being there for the citizens in a time of need is part of the reason that we're here. Like we were talking earlier about how this is essentially a PR project. So is it okay for him to make friends with locals and bond a little bit and do a little hazing ritual and, you know, have people be like, yo, Alonzo, you're the man? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if you think of like, like a politician, like they would never get caught being drunk at a party like they would be semi buzz maybe but like they would never lose control like that i don't think i don't sure, know it's sure. interesting i think the idea of it is good execution as with everything with alonzo went horribly off the yeah, rails exactly i just liked how viscerally the three players we reacted to this oh my news God. and to the point that eric was almost like oh no is this not and we were like no 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 we're fine this is okay 
we're having fun and we're also so pissed. <laughs> we took a bathroom break just when that was happening and he's like, you guys could just go to sleep. Like, you don't have to do anything. So this is our punishment for forgetting our number one mission. You know, we have all these other motivations and goals and things we want to do. But the task Speaker Martinson gave us is the task we should be following. If not, there will be consequences because Alonzo is someone who needs to be constantly looked at. As a giant adult baby. I think he will mature. Will he do it fast enough? No. <laughs> but that's also interesting and fun, I think, for us to deal with. That's really interesting. I like that read, and I am genuinely embarrassed that all of us forgot Alonzo. Yeah. That was not a joke. Or, no, no, no. Or, we that, all, was... that was like I left my brother in the driveway going to high school, and I am so sorry. Like, that's what that we felt all like. We each other. We're like, oh, there's oh, something God. not here. Oh, yeah, our reaction there was so genuine. It was 100% genuine. <laughs> I wonder how that night would have progressed if we had not forgotten. Tracy would have taken a bubble bath. He would have put on a nice satin robe and would have relaxed and had some nice meditation. Actually, he doesn't have us in a room. He would have done this all in front of Johnny. That's fine. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. And now I would have done the same thing. In Flirt front with of Johnny? Flirt with, the... <laughs> Flirt with the lady, pick a fight with the dude. Probably not drink because she wants to have all her wits about her to make a good impression. Smart. My biggest regret is that Cassie and Anara didn't hook up. I was hoping, but it just did not align. I was Weren't really... we all? Yeah. I was really worried that she kept trying to talk to Johnny and like Johnny's not going to like play along with this flirting game. He's just going to be awkward if you're trying to talk to him and he's going to like point to Anara and make her do it. No, I mean, Anara did get some flirts off. Like, I remember you got that nat 20, but it was just like she was so self-conscious about Anara's flirting ability. The fact that she got a successful flirt was that nat 20. It's exactly like real life. This is yeah. a little bit too close to home, y'all. <laughs> I don't know. That's the one thing I can tell you is that I wish that it could have happened, but did not. Well, we did save her life, so she might be interested in talking to you. Yeah, later. and she is still in this inn. That's true. Never say never. <laughs> never say never. All right. We have a whole mess of questions that we got from our lovely listeners. You're all the best. I like you all so much. This is from Aaron Ginley, which we got from our email address. If Inara was in the Taz world... Would she have joined Merle's Extreme Teen Adventures? Keep up the good work on the podcast. Thank you, Erin. I think Inara would not have wanted to join because she doesn't think of herself as a teen unless it's useful to her in the moment to play up the kidness. Unless there was a girl she really liked who joined the club. In that case, she would be standing not like right behind her in line, but like two or three people behind her in line so that she didn't really look too eager. You know, classic. Also, how much Kay. is Inara into like weird plant stuff? You know what I mean? Um, Brandon, that's an inappropriate question to ask of a teenager. <laughs> Got him. Yeah, that's true. Torched. <laughs> this one is from Pedro Pages. This is from our Facebook. Hello, join the party cast. I have a question about D&D. Besides the usual action-adventure game that's played in this game, can D&D be played in any sort of way or genre, like solving a murder mystery or an intriguing spy thriller? What would you like to see be done with D&D? Has anyone done any sort of other genres while using D and D as a structure? I did. What'd I you did. do, Brand? What'd you do, Brandon and Fish? I actually think this is a really great way to get people into D and D that haven't ever played before and don't have an interest in fantasy, like they think it's childish or something. The first game I played ever was with my roommate Andrew and his good friend and our good friend Trajan, and actually he gave me these dice. These Aww. are from my first D and D game ever. Wow, dice lore. And we played. 
a sort of like 1920s themed detective mystery that turned in like Cthulhu at the very end. But like for the first half, it was just like very normal. Like you're just playing as a character, like as a cop or something. It was really fun. I liked it a lot. I can tell because you play a detective now. Yes. I'm just always a detective from now on. And now you're a detective. You've changed your whole career path. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to be very good at my job anymore that you've announced it over the air. Oh, no. <laughs> Michael Fache, what other genres have you played using D&D as a structure? Well, my dirty secret is that I actually kind of like non-fantasy more than fantasy. What uh, a dirty secret. So, so dirty. dirty. You lost all your nerd cred. I really love non-fantasy RPGs. It's just a lot of fun. I had an entire fraternity or like a good portion of a fraternity get introduced to D&D when I created a super easy entry, noob-friendly RPG where anyone who was on any kind of device looking at anything on the internet or media at a certain moment, they become like that meme or that pop culture thing, Mm -hmm. except for these four people who started in the literal room that they were in and had to pick stuff up from the room to use as weapons. And then the twist, because these were frat guys, was you had to drink to expend energy for either magic or for like physical stuff. So like drinking with their mana kind of thing? yeah. Yeah. So their characters would drink, but then also they would have to drink in real life as well. That's awesome. Was Keyboard Cat in your campaign? I, you know what? I need to look back to see what was in it. I do recall Slenderman being a bad guy. Ooh, a Nyan you know Cat. The, you know the Slenderman? the Slenderman? They just live down the... He's an live, insurance salesman. Yeah, they live, uh, North Dakota. Uh, they live on the corner. They go to our synagogue, the Slendermans. The Slendermans, <laughs> yes. What do you got, Eric? Well, uh, I was going to ask Amanda... If you could pick another genre to play with in D&D, Hogwarts. what would you do? Okay. Here we go. What would that look like? Hogwarts. Just Hogwarts? Hogwarts. It would go from sorting to, I don't know, going through your first years of school, like going through the first class for the first time, learning how to, I don't know, master spells, or I'm sure there's a way to make Quidditch more interesting because anything can be more interesting than Quidditch as presented in the books. All right, Potterless. Get it at me. When you first saw that, I just imagined you as the Harry Potter DM, the HP DM. Just read, just reading the book straight to your players, but just like, <laughs> like literally, just like looking up every now and then and going, oh, guys. and lo, on page three forty eight of the Goblet of Fire, Dumbledore said, "Did you put my name in the Goblet of Fire?" <laughs> <laughs> Harry, was that you? Obviously no. not. Let's just chill out. I don't know. That's a universe where I could see myself like on the fly coming up with stuff really easily. I can just picture Hogwarts and picture like all the different corners of it you know, what ghosts are passing through the walls and, like, what hijinks kids are getting up to and, like, Filch and Mrs. Norris. I almost picture it like a Pac-Man-style game with just, like, paths crossing each other and you have to, like, change trajectory to, like, sneak past, you know, the people out for their rounds, the prefects or whatever. Anyway, to me, it's just such a clear living construct and set that I feel like I could play within it really, really easily versus something like this gaming from scratch just feels, I don't know, impossibly broad. Thing with D&D or with any RPGs, you can do whatever you want and just gamify it. And this reminds me that in Traveler, one of the things they like to boast is you could be space accountants in space, just going about <gasps> being space accountants. I, I want to be a space accountant, please. I think that's always been your dream is to be a space accountant. In you know space. What? It's really easy to balance books in no gravity. <laughs> yeah, but could you actually help me balance my checking account? Yeah. Okay, thanks.
Alrighty, that will do it for our after party. We would love to hear what questions you have for the next time. You can find us at jointhepartypod.com slash contact or email us directly. Hello at jointhepartypod.com. You can also hit us up on any social media platform. We are on all of them all day long. We're at Join the Party Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, all the places you could possibly want to talk to us. And we hang out all day long. Not going to lie, it really is all day long in our Discord for our patrons. So that's like a chat forum where you can log on and post pictures of your dinner and ask for book recommendations and talk about what you would do if you were like a retired witch living in a village and could just kind of buy like a bookstore or a cafe or whatever may or may not be what I was thinking about earlier this morning. Anyway, that's at patreon.com slash join the party pod. And for as little as two bucks per episode, it goes really to a great place and you're going to be able to join in that discord. So we are so grateful for your support, those of you who are supporting us already. And if you're able to join, we'd really love that. A great non-money way to support us is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have an iPhone or if you have iTunes installed on your computer, any kind of computer, you can leave us a review. Just find Join the Party Pod in the podcast section of the iTunes store. Give us a nice rating. Say something sweet. Tell us what your favorite NPC is. That really does help us to find new listeners. So we very much appreciate it. I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you soon. 